Good morning, everyone. This is Sports Psychology Today, and I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I host our podcast show each and every week about the mental side of sports. I've been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist in the Kansas City area. I've hosted a radio show for 27 years and work with athletes at all levels of competition. One of the key things that I like to get into is talking with parents, coaches, and athletes about the mental side of sports, about their attitudes, about focus, about confidence, about preparation, and about how they handle situations where pressure happens. Unfortunately, in the world of sports, as of late, there have been some tremendously negative news coming out, especially in the world of gymnastics. The situation, as we all know, with USA Gymnastics and Michigan State regarding team physician Dr. Larry Nasser and the abuse that he's been guilty of is well documented. Why do these things happen? Why does abuse happen with young athletes? Why, why do people not speak up? Why is there this fear? That's what we're going to talk about today. And joining me today is Jessica O'Byrne. She's a former gymnast and former gymnastics coach. She has her own podcast show called Gymcastic. And I'm going to start listening to that because she's got some advice that I think will be very helpful to our listeners. And we're going to talk with Jessica now about this whole situation. So first, Jessica, thanks for, for joining me today. I very much appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This situation is, is obviously tragic. And watching these young women the past couple of weeks come and talk about their experience, look Nasser in the eye and tell him how he harmed them, it, it, it's gut-wrenching. But the bravery these young ladies had to come out and speak, to me, is incredible. To look this guy in the eye, and, and over a 100 of them, look him in the eye and explain to him how he hurt them. I want to talk with you about why you think this situation happened. These things go on a lot. You know, People have turned blind eyes to abuse with athletes, not just physically but, but emotionally as well, I feel. I, I've worked, as I said, as a sports psychologist for 37 years. There have been situations that I've had to deal with numerous times where these things have come up. In fact, the swim team that my son swam on, we had a coach, assistant coach, who was guilty of sexual abuse with, with a swimmer on the team and went to jail for it. So let's talk about why this ha- Why do you think this happened? How did this come about, and why didn't anybody speak up for so long? Um, there's a lot of factors. Um, there are, in sports specifically, um, at a high level, People were afraid to speak out um, because they were, there's a, a kind of a cone of silence and a fear of retaliation um, a lot of times. Um, but specifically, this, this whole situation was even more complicated because this is a doctor. This is someone supposed to help and not harm. And so for a lot of people, it was really confusing. They just assumed, well, this can't, my instincts are wrong because this is uh, a doctor, and so this this can't be, and everybody likes him, and he has this great reputation, and he treats top gymnasts, so this can't be um, a problem. Other girls and women knew immediately that it was sexual abuse and, and spoke up and said something, but they weren't believed um, because of his reputation, because he was so good at grooming. Um, and the way I talk about the grooming word, so this is something that happens when people are, uh, groomed to believe and trust someone so that that person can get away with doing whatever they want um, because they've groomed people to believe there's no way that this person could ever harm them. Um, so those are kind of the beginning factors of how this happened. I had a situation personally in Kansas City with a psychiatrist 
who is abusing people. I turned him into the Board of Healing Arts after I found out the things he was doing because things were going on with patients I'd referred him. Subsequently, I was assaulted by him, and it got on the news. Over 50 people contacted me after that news story about things he had done to them. Not one of them turned him in because they were afraid of retaliation. So I understand this situation. I get it. It's a doctor. It was a psychiatrist. They trusted him. He was doing unethical things, terribly unethical things. But they were scared to say anything because, well, he's the doctor. I guess I have to believe him. So there's this, I guess guess it's, it's, it's the position of authority that's almost a godlike situation that doctors can be in with the control they've got over people. And these people, well, he's a doctor. He wouldn't be doing that. Is, is that sort of what you're saying for a lot of these people? Yeah, um, for so many of them. they I mean, And we saw when they gave their impact statements um, in the court last week and this week that they would say while this was happening to them, they just thought, well, I must be wrong because this person has such amazing reputation. So many people trust them. Um, I mean, in MSU, where he was a professor, so not only is he a, he's a doctor, he's also a professor. He's also the trainer for the you know U.S. gymnastics team. Um, he had all of that stuff going for him and reputation. But while this was happening, they told themselves, well, all these other people who are in even higher positions of authority than me um, trust him. So my instincts must be wrong. Um, so that power differential really is um, a factor in this. And then, you know, it isn't just, I mean, the Nasser case is horrific, and it's one of the, you know, it's going to go down in history as one of the largest sexual abuse cases in history. But it, um, when it comes to this kind of power differential, this is when we see people like coaches um, get away with this. And in many, many sports we see this, it's not just gymnastics, it's, you know, anywhere is a power differential. Um, we see that there are coaches who can get away with this um, because someone is afraid if you, if I speak up, this is the only person that can coach me and get me to my dream. This person has my dreams in their hand, and if they don't like me or they won't coach me and I speak up about this, not only will I lose this and I'll lose my dream, uh, no one else will coach me either because they'll think I'm a troublemaker. They think I'm making it up. They'll, I'll get a bad reputation for speaking up about things. So there's a ton of layers that go into this. You know, let, let, let's talk about that because I've, as a sports psychologist for 37 years, I've had to deal with this situation several times and in regards to abuse. And gymnastics is obviously a sport where young girls – Primarily, there are there are obviously boys that do gymnastics, but mostly more girls participate than boys. Your body goes in positions it's not supposed to be in, right? I mean, you're, you're an ex-gymnast. You know what I'm talking about. And you, there's a potential for injury. There's potential for all kinds of things. I've worked with gymnasts my entire career starting in my uh, graduate program at San, when I was at San Diego State with the women's gymnastics team there in 1980-81. And you, you, as a gymnast, you have to put your faith in your coach because you could get hurt. The potential for injury is on every, you know, every event. You can roll your ankle on the, the floor. Obviously, is not going to be as much of a potential as, as vault or beam or bars. So there's a potential for injury. You have to have that trust level. And you have to believe that the coach is doing the best things for you. But some coaches, obviously, will go too far. Why do you think as an ex-gymnast, as an ex-coach, People are afraid to speak up. Let's let's start with the athletes, then let's talk with the parents. Why don't people speak up from your perspective? Um, 
I, I think that people don't speak up because, number one, a lot of gymnasts, especially the way that coaches coach, and this is changing and people are starting to be better educated and knowing that the old, like, Eastern Bloc uh, system uh, doesn't work and that's not how we should be coaching. But they're trained to just be little holders that do what they're told and not trained to take ownership over their bodies and over their own training. And part of that is because, as you mentioned, gymnastics is so dangerous. You really are putting your life um, or fear of paralysis in someone else's hands. So even gymnasts, you know, we there's a, a famous case in Canada where a gymnast described, um, you know, over and over where she was afraid and she said no to this coach. She didn't want to do this skill, um, you know, many, many times. And she said no and she was too afraid. She didn't think she'd do it. And he said, no, you can do it. You can do it. Do it. And then, you know, she broke her neck and is still to this day paralyzed. And there's several stories like that. Um, so that's how serious uh, the sport is. And that's how serious being able to speak up for yourself is. Um, so that is in one part and nature of the sport is you are trusting someone all the time. But the other part is this, we talk about this land and look phenomenon in gymnastics, which is you do, you're always looking to your coach for um, a correction for help. There is so little autonomy in gymnastics because it's so dangerous um, and because you start so young uh, that there is just this total, I don't know what to do with myself unless my coach tells me what to do. Um, and that's something that's just starting to change where uh, coaches are learning more about pedagogy and about actual learning and how and skill development and they should wait and only give a correction once every seven turns and all that kind of stuff that research has proven. But it is, um, it's part of the culture um, there that's sort of endemic. That part is sort of endemic to the sport. Um, but the part that shouldn't be endemic to the sport is a fear of retaliation, a fear of speaking up, and a fear of just asking questions in general about what safety measures, not just what's, what safety measures are you taking so I don't break my ankle, what safety measures are you taking to prevent sexual abuse and prevent and stop grooming behaviors when it first starts. As you're talking, what's popping in my mind, having worked with gymnasts for 30, 38 years now, it, it's this fear issue. And the fear of several things, letting your coach down, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of letting your parents down, fear of saying something for being, you know, condescended or talked negatively to. I have so many young girls that come in my office that will tell me they are afraid to say something to their coach because the coach is going to get upset or angry at them. And I go, you cannot be scared to say something to you if you're scared of doing a certain move, doing a certain, you know, beam routine, doing a certain execution of, of, of some kind of trick in your in your routine, you can't not speak up. And you have to let the coach know that so that they can help you work through that. Because if you're scared to say something to them, they can't help you. Then that is going to frustrate the coach because then the coach is going to try to push them more, and then that's where all this stuff comes out. I always like to say, Jessica, a good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. And I, I think too often what happens is there's this communication blockage that happens between the athletes and the coach and the parents. And so this fear comes of, and I get this all the time, these gymnasts will tell me, I don't want to let my coach down. And so they're so scared to let the coach down, then they don't say anything. Do you, do, have you seen that and do you agree with that? Yeah, there is this big fear of um, there is such a there's such a connection between – 
being afraid of letting the coach down um, and not speaking up. Um, and a lot of gyms have this thing. I feel like this is so old school, this idea of talking back, don't talk back to me. I've never understood that at all because don't talk back means never explain yourself, just do what I say. You don't have any agency or voice of your own. Um, when, you know, talking back could be there's a fire in the other room. Like talking back could save lives. And in this case, uh, almost literally. So, um, there is really, really a fear of letting the coach down, of letting your team down too, um, of the coach getting in trouble, or in this case, the person who is doing the abuse, what could have been Larry, that person getting in trouble, and what if I, um, you know, take away the opportunity for all of the rest of my team to um, get the treatment and the injuries healed that they need so they can go on? Like, am I going to mess up? everything if I speak out um, for my team, for my parents, is everything going to fall apart? Um, but the idea of like pleasing the coach always over what's um, safe for you is also a big issue. And that also has to do with agency, like feeling like you are allowed to be your own person and what is safe and right for you is okay. Um, and a lot of times we see coaches that are just, it's my way or the highway and that's it. And that is not uh, a healthy way to coach. No, and I've had to deal with coaches in gymnastics who've been that way before, and they don't want to deal with me because I've called them out on things, and they don't like it So, because their egos get too big and they want to be in control. The, the fact of the matter is this is an issue that obviously has been going on for a while with, with Larry Nassar, but it's also an issue in gymnastics that's been happening for a long time with coaches' abuse. And what I'm starting to see to a large degree is a lot of it has been ignored. A lot of it's been ignored because of this dream of making the national team and then competing in the Olympics and being famous and getting all this notoriety. And there are a lot of people who have been afraid to speak up. I have hosted a, a radio show in Kansas City for 27 years. I had a parent who called my show continually over several years about his daughter was a gymnast and about a coach that was having issue. he was having issues with. Finally, after she retired, he called up and identified the coach on my show and talked about the abuse this guy was was basically verbal abuse that he was th throwing on his daughter and finally she'd had enough but you know they were afraid to speak up because of this olympic dream so there's this goal that so many people have parents have of their daughters making the national team and the olympic team they won't speak up because oh no this is a reputable coach they wouldn't do that uh, do you agree yeah i do agree it's and that's also like i really feel for parents because on the one hand, uh, if someone hurts your kid's feelings, and I'm saying that like hurting feelings as, the, you know, I'm interpreting the way the parents are, are feeling and not how serious emotional abuse is when I'm giving this example, you want to like jump in and just kill that person. <laughs> like it, Nothing is worse than someone hurting your kid. Well, like the, like the father, the, the father who, uh, yeah. who wanted, wanted to go after Nasser in the courtroom the other day. Right, exactly. Like, that is what you want to do. And, and, you know, imagine that, you know, even when it's something your kid comes out of practice and they're crying because the coach made them upset, like, it's still that instinct is there. But imagine now um, you your kid loves their sport. I mean, they come home and they still do their sport. They That's all they want to do is go to the gym. It is everything in their life. It's their favorite thing in the world. It's their absolute passion. And you're their parent, and you want to foster that, and you want to encourage that, and you want them to succeed. Now imagine that you put um, 
tons of money into this. You might have, you know, at the elite level, moved to a different place. Uh, your kid, you, you know, your coach, these coaches are seeing your kids more than you do. Um, you have the idea that you're going to get a college scholarship and you don't have to worry about paying for college for your kid. Um, all of these factors, you've put so much into this as a family. It's also your kid's passion. And are you sure, like, can you tell in your mind that this is not just emotional abuse or grooming? Is it just you overacting as a parent? Um, it's your kid's passion. Like, it's sometimes hard for parents to really see an act absolute bright line where this is not okay when all of those other factors are piled upon it. In addition to um, the your kid, a lot of times kids will stop telling their parents what's actually happening once a parent steps up for them. Um, they stop talking because their goal is more important than their parent trying to protect them, and they know that if they speak up, the parent will step in and stop the abuse. So that's another problem in all of this that compounds it. You know, I, I, I've talked about this a lot on my weekly radio show over the years about coaches who get verbally abusive with athletes. And one of the things that I've always talked about is that a lot of parents turn a blind eye or a blind yeah. mind to the situation. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to admit it. They, they, they wouldn't believe it happens. And that they'll oftentimes say to their, their child, and it doesn't matter what the sport or boy or girl, oh, come on, coach wouldn't do that to you. A lot of parents don't want to believe it because they get snowed by these coaches about what they can do for their kids. And, you, you know, gymnastics is a sport, and you just hit, a, hit it on the head. Lots of families move to another city, to another place, to be, have their daughter or son coached by a coach because of their reputation. They'll uproot the family, or, or they'll send their daughter to go live in that city. And to be coached by that person because of the reputation. And it, it just appears now that, you know, USA Gymnastics Board has, has resigned because of this. The whole sport now is being looked at differently. Um, you know, obviously, let's face it, Jessica, you're, you're an ex-gymnast and an ex-coach. Most people who are involved in this sport are lovely people, want to help kids out, want to foster growth and development, teach these, these young girls and boys skills to help them, you know, accomplish their goals very, very, very few people are abusive, but there are people who are abusive in the sport and have gotten away with stuff over the years because they've allowed their egos to take over. So what do you suggest to a parent who may be listening to us today who has a child, doesn't matter what the sport, but has a child in a sport with a coach who's maybe verbally abusive to them? What would you suggest to that parent? Uh, so I would definitely, first of all, understand how serious emotional abuse is. I think that a lot of times if, you know, parents talk to other parents about this and people in their lives and people will say, well, kids need to be tough. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, these kids are too, uh, too soft these days. There's nothing like, you know, and boys get that uh, so much more than girls. And, it, that's, and it's such a huge problem with boy sports. Um, but I, the thing is to educate yourself about how serious emotional abuse is. And we had Maddie Larson uh, on uh, during her impact statement in the courtroom talk about she's a former world champion gymnast um, and world world championship team gymnast, and she talked about uh, slamming her head over and over on a bathtub in order to make sure she was so injured, um, and that's a brain injury, by the way. 
that she couldn't didn't have to go to the national team training camp because she hated it so much and it was so awful of how Marta Caroli treated her there um, and her own coach. So um, that's how serious emotional abuse, emotional abuse is where you end up with, um, you know, a kid who um, is a victim of suicide. It's really, really serious emotional abuse. Um, so that's the first thing. Take it seriously. Um, the second thing is ask for what the policy is on this. Your, your gym should have a, um, or any sport, or even if it's a music, uh, music, your music teacher or the Boy Scout troop or whatever it is, they should have an, an athlete welfare policy or child welfare policy. And there should be specific outlined in black and white on paper rules about how the coach can treat an athlete. Um, ask to see those. Um, in black and white, if your gym doesn't have it, that's a huge red flag. Look for another place to go. Um, and then when you have that, um, keep that handy. And when you see a violation of that, um, go into the gym, go to the ownership, go all the way to the top and, uh, and talk to that person about it. Um, sometimes that will help instead of going, um, you know, you don't want to go over the coach's head, but sometimes I feel like that things need to be taken seriously from the top. I know of a gym. And that can also help the retaliation fear. I know of a gym where a coach makes parents sign an agreement that they will not take their daughter to any physician or mental health professional without his approval. What's your opinion of that? Mm-hmm. I'm sure I know what this gym is, yes. Yeah, um, and that's insane. And, and yet, par- and yet, excuse me, but it. parents, but there are dozens of parents who sign that. Right. And because that coach is holding and dangling Olympic dream college scholarship over their heads. You need me to make this happen. And that's not true. Period. Yeah. I, story. I've, I've talked to several people who have been at that gym and I've said, run, don't walk away from that place as fast as possible. I mean, that's right. why would you allow a coach to tell you? who you can or can't take your kids to see medically or psychologically. That's, that's, that's just ridiculous. You're, you're giving the coach control over your life. I mean, it, it, you know, in our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Youth Sports, we have a diagram called the athletic box. And we say that the athlete is the, is the recipient of everything from the parent, the coach, and the official. All three of those people impact the athlete. But it's about communication. It's about honesty. It's about trust. It's about it's about discussing things. And you know this situation that's gone on here obviously is tragic for so many young ladies. These, these girls are going to be impacted for the rest of their lives, most of them, by what happened. Hopefully, they'll get the help they need psychologically to get through this and move on from it. I've listened to several of them who said my entire life has been destroyed by you. You know, I think that if they work through it, hopefully they can get past that and they can live on and have productive, happy lives and. This can be a memory, but it's something they can put in their past. We all have to learn from failure. We all have to learn from negative situations. Obviously, this is this is a terrible thing to have to go through. But to me, it comes down to communication, and it comes down to trust. So, as a parent, if you're signing your daughter up for a or son up for a sports team, you know I talk about background checks. I talk about you know looking at people's history, talk to people who've been coached by that person, find out about it. In the end, you're still the parent. And it should be up to you to decide what's right or wrong for your child. Do you agree with that, or do you do you agree with these coaches taking over their lives? Huh, no. 
Um, I think, but like, I have an actual list that I use with my own family that I give them to um, questions to ask before they take uh, my nieces anywhere um, or my little cousins. So um, this, there is, you should have a list that you ask. The minimum kind of thing is a background check. That's the absolute minimum, and then you want to know how often they have to upgrade it. Um, you have to ask if they have a welfare uh, athlete welfare policy. Do they have rules about how the coaches can be alone with or contact the athletes? Um, there's many, many things to ask about. The very first red flag is if you call a gym and you say, hey, I have some questions, um, but this might take about five or ten minutes before I consider your gym. If you get a sigh on the other end of the line, that's your first red flag to get out of there. Um, it should be part of built into the system that your coach has regular meetings with you. Even if it's 15, you can get them for 15 minutes in between classes um, at your gym. That should be a normal thing. They should be happy to talk to you. It shouldn't be you're lucky to get their time. Those things are all um, red flags. Um, the communication and trust needs to be a built in system wherever you take your kid. Um, I also want to just go back to something you said um, about uh, grooming and how there's a problem everywhere. We talk about Nasser, and it's really complicated because he was a doctor, and parents were even in the room when this happened, but he hid things so the parents couldn't see it. But it's not just, you know, he's a really specific situation with grooming, and he groomed the parents too. And with emotional abuse, the parents can be groomed as well by these coaches. Great point. Um, Great point. And Right, and that's a that's a huge issue. So you need to keep an eye on that yourself, um, and make sure that you're keeping your center about safety and what's acceptable and not acceptable. Well, I think it comes to be, you know, this all comes back down to communication and trust and speaking up. And I think having a game plan, you know, as a parent, if your your child wants to enroll in a sports activity, it's important, you know, why do they want to do it? What's the reason? And let's face it. After the Summer Olympics every year, there's a huge increase in gymnasts and swimmers, right? Because the yep. success our country usually has in those sports. All kinds of young girls, and I've had gymnastics coaches on my show for years. They will say, you know, after the Summer Olympics, we our gym gets over, we get an overflow of kids that want to sign up because of the excitement, which is great. And let's face it, gymnastics is a tremendous sport. It's a great sport. And I think so many young girls learn so much about themselves from it. But it comes back to as a parent, and it's not just gymnastics, it's anything, but because gymnastics is a sport where there's so much touching going on, and let's face it, there, there, there's so much physical contact that goes on, you have to be, as a parent, involved in what's going on, aware of it, understand your role, understand the coach's role, and when somebody goes oversteps their boundaries, you've got to speak up. You can't be scared to say something. Because, oh, my gosh, well, they're going to hold it against me. And I, I have gotten that from people before in my practice in the 37 years I've been in work. A lot of people have been scared to say something because, well, it's the coach. You know, they know what they're doing. You know what? If you don't agree with it, say something. As a parent, it's your job. Agreed? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to this. There used to be sort of, um, I feel like there's, a, there's this idea that there's a reverence for authority, right? And that person knows more than I do. But if something is in your gut feels wrong, you have to trust your gut feeling and be willing to bring it up and talk about it. So many of the women and girls who were uh, victimized by Larry Nasser knew in their gut 
something was wrong. And so many abuse survivors that we've talked to um, knew in their heart, like, something was up. Something was off, but they were like, if I, if I speak up now, I'm not going to make it to nationals, and then I'm not going to be seen by college coaches, and then is this really the time to do that? Like, it's so important to speak up, and that absolutely goes for um, the parents, too. You can't be afraid of that because the other thing is you have to think, how are you going to feel if you didn't speak up and this gets worse and there's something that you can't tell? Like normally when you just see the grooming behavior kind of signs or the verbal abuse signs, you know, you hear it once, it's happening way more um, and it's gone way farther and you could be the person that stops the cycle. You know, Jessica, you're giving great advice as the next gymnast, the next coach. You get it. You've seen it. You understand it. How do we prevent this in the future? What do you think USA Gymnastics has to do to do a better job of being aware of these things and, and, and getting rid of the people that do this stuff? Because there are people still coaching out there who are still abusive. Let's face it. It's still going on. How do they get rid of these people? How do they start to eliminate the people and, and educate people on what's right or wrong? Most, Let's face it. I want to preface this by saying most coaches are wonderful people. They have the right intentions. They do the right things. I've had coaches on my show who are wonderful young young women. Well, some of them are a little bit older than being young, but they're in their 30s and 40s. Great people. I've known several for years. Okay. But how do we get coaches to understand their role better? How do we get parents to understand what they need to do better? All of this comes down to education. Um, and there are a lot of great uh, tools out there that you can look to for education. Um, there's Safe for Athletes, the number four. They have sample policies uh, that should be online uh, that your uh, gym should have. They have anything. If your gym doesn't have this stuff, you can print out everything from their website and take it in and say, hey, here's a suggestion. Um, people need to have, well, number one, policies in place. The policies need to be enforced. Parents need to ask to see those policies when they step into the gym. If they don't have any written policies that you can count on to point to when something seems out of whack, that's a huge red flag. Um, and then education. If you aren't really sure what counts as emotional abuse or what counts as uh, grooming, there's tons of resources out there that you can look to um, that can help you understand as a parent what you should be aware of. And then you can pass those tools on to your um, child. And one of the parts of that is like definitely educating your child about what is, uh, what is, what does an ethical coach do and what does an unethical coach do? And you can give examples to your kid. So you are now empowering your child to know when to tell you when something is out of bounds and also when to stand up for themselves. You're giving them the knowledge that they need. Um, and as far as USA Gymnastics, I mean, the USO's U.S. Olympic Committee has finally stepped in and is giving them orders, which they needed to do from the beginning, um, which is they made the board resign. They made the former president resign. Um, but I think that, uh, and just recently on Friday, actually, the new Marta Caroli, uh, Valeria Liukin, who take over the team coordinator, um, had taken over the team coordinator position for USA Gymnastics, which selects the team and runs the national team camps. He actually stepped down, um, and I think he stepped down because um, he just said that it was because of his family, but there was a lot of pressure on him because people are not accepting the old style of coaching. And while he was fantastic for so many coaches and so many kids and so many kids and parents and coaches loved him, there were athletes who came forward and talked about he was how he was emotionally 
verbally abusive to them um, and had did things that are just not acceptable anymore. And, um, yeah, that uh, that is a big change. That was shocking to me that they that he actually stepped down. So USA Gymnastics has had policies in place like any gym should, but they didn't ever follow them in the past, in the past because no one was making them follow them, and there wasn't this pressure on them. So now I think there's much more awareness. Hopefully they will actually begin to um, follow their own policies and get rid of that old style of being abusive and letting doctors in rooms with kids by themselves at night. Yeah. there. I did a radio show a few weeks ago. The title was When Does Mental Toughness Become Mental Abuse? And I think it's yeah. important to understand you know, there is a line where you go too far, and that's where every coach – I said it earlier. A good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. A good coach needs to understand their athletes, their goals, their dreams, their aspirations, the parents' goals, dreams, and aspirations, why they're there, how you motivate them, where you can push them, where you can't push them, where you go too far. And good coaches understand that. And I think that's where it comes back. And, and you've hit it, Jessica, very well on, in, our, in our conversation here today. It's about communication. It's about setting up guidelines. And it's about speaking up. And if you do that, hopefully these problems will get eliminated as time goes on. You know, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Let me ask you this question. You, you have a podcast called Jim Castic. How can people find it? How can people get a hold of you if they'd like to reach you, Jessica? You've got some great advice here, and I think it would be very helpful for a lot of people. Thanks. Um, so Jim Kastic, uh, the gymnastics podcast is, uh, we are at gymkastic.com, Q-A-M-C-A-S-T-I-C. Um, or you can find the podcast anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Um, and our email address is gymkastic at gmail.com if you want to get in touch. And we're also on Twitter and Facebook as gymkastic. Well, Jessica O'Byrne, thank you so much for joining me today. Great advice, great comments, and I hope hope that a lot of people hear this and listen to your show because you get it and we need more education from people like you out there. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. That was a tremendous interview with Jessica O'Byrne. I'll tell you what, she gets it. She understands what this is about. If you're listening and you know someone who needs to hear our podcast, refer them to my website, winnersunlimited.com. And you can listen to our, our interview with Jessica. She understands what this is about. She's been through enough of this. She has dealt with this as a coach, as an athlete. Educate parents. Speak up. Don't be scared. That's what this is about. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is Sports Psychology Today. If you'd like to listen to our podcast, go to my website, winnersunlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. Have a great day.